This is Emerging Daily with Charlton Scott Fisher. Scott is the founder and leader of Emerge Nashville, a spiritual refuge that's an evolving ministry expressing radical grace every day. Emerge is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your tax-deductible gift and to learn more about Emerge, visit EmergeNashville.org or email EmergeNashville at gmail.com. We hope this program will help you to emerge as pure gold and to steer you to put love into action. Welcome you to this edition of Emerging Daily. I am Scott Fisher, and I appreciate you uh, listening to our podcast. I hope that in some way that it's blessing you, that it's helping you in some fashion to grow a little bit spiritually and to walk a little bit more in love every day. And I'm not saying that as though I have all of the knowledge and understanding that you need or that I walk perfectly in love or anything like that. I'm growing as well, and uh, that's why we're on the journey together. But I want to somewhat continue on the same vein that we've been uh, dealing with in the last couple of episodes and dealing with the fact that God wants us to walk together. He wants us to begin to see one another as one another. In other words, to see for me to see you as part of me. That's part of walking in love. If I love, you know, we're, we're told to love our neighbor as ourself. And so if I love you as me, that means you are, you are a part of me. And, and we are a part of one another. And so if I discriminate against you, I'm loving you less than I would love myself. And that is what the, um, one of the definitions of hate is is to love less than the word in the Greek for hate when you boil it down to its simplest um, definition is to love less than and so if I'm discriminating against you for whatever reason for whatever reason you know um, in Jesus day he had and I said this before he had every reason to practice discrimination he had every reason to not minister to some some people. Uh, he had every reason to not allow certain people to touch him, and he had every reason not to touch certain people. He had every reason not to talk to certain people. But he went out of his way to go against that and to show that God does not discriminate. Jesus said, I do what I see my Father do. I say what I hear my Father say. And we should do the same. It would, it would have been easy for Jesus to have simply lived according to a written code, to a written uh, theological discourse of, of this is how God works and, and so on and so forth, but he chose not to. He said, I live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. When he was tempted in uh, Matthew chapter 4, um, and it's also in Luke 4, but in Matthew especially, it goes into how when he was tempted to turn stones into bread, those stones were were basically the written tablets of uh, of the law of the Torah. And he said, "Okay, those are fine for bread." But he was fasting. He was fasting from bread. He was fasting from the written code. He was wanting to hear the Father for himself. And too many people, especially in these days, and especially in the evangelical movement, because as I've said before, I've been there, I've been a part of it, I know how it works, I know the thinking involved, I know the teachings involved. 
they live based on a a, a simple-minded understanding of scripture and they think that that is God's word and it's not the fact is God's word is a living breathing thing that speaks from within your innermost being and that's what Jesus was saying there man doesn't live simply by some written law or written teachings he lives by the hearing the voice of God from within your own spirit within your own being and and people that are, are staunch in legalism have a cow when you say something like that and they did during Jesus day that was one of the problems they had with him was because he broke the law I mean he literally did it's not just that he healed on the Sabbath it's that he touched the leper he allowed a woman with the issue of blood to touch him he spoke to the Samaritan woman and not only that he sent her out as one of the first apostles in the true definition of what an apostle is as a sent one he sent her who was living in sin quote unquote at the time because the person that she was living with was not her husband and she had had other husbands before but he sent her out as a witness to the rest of the city to what God was doing in her life and so Jesus in essence his whole ministry was to teach people to listen to the father within to follow that he said I do what I hear my father tell me to do I do what I see my father do within me I say what I hear my father say within me not from what he said supposedly in centuries ago but what he is saying to me today right now there is a good place for scripture and, and every major religion have their own scriptures and but if you look at those scriptures you will see that with a real and true understanding without being uh, blinded by our own um, blinded by our own belief system you look when you look at scripture you realize that it was written by people based on their experience and based on their limited understanding and all of us have a limited understanding I would I would go so far as to say Jesus himself had a limited understanding of the Father of God of, of, of spirit but we and, and, and people will really freak out that I said that but Jesus could only show forth the father based on his own experience of God even Luke goes into the fact that he grew in wisdom and in understanding it wasn't just given to him he people are blinded by this teaching of well Jesus was just immaculately conceived and, and uh, the whole virgin birth thing and, and so on and so forth and the fact is that teaching was given to show how we are spiritually born it wasn't uh, and I, I, that's not the purpose of this uh, edition today is to, is to go into the whole virgin birth teaching and what it really symbolically represents but the fact of the matter is that the church world and especially the evangelical church and the Catholic Church have been blinded by this teaching that Jesus uh, was God in the flesh in that they say he is the only one well the fact is you are God in the flesh also we all are we are God in flesh we are when when it says that God breathes into uh, Adam and he became a living soul that word breathe he inspirited Adam in other words God put himself in there and that's what gave him life God is in you that's what gives you life there is no life apart from God in the Torah we're told Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. There is just God. And how we vision God and how we see God is 
limited to our understanding of God, to our experience of God. But as we begin to uh, open our minds, open our eyes, open our ears, and enlarge our tents, we are enlarged in our, in our understanding. And so we're able to see more. And so, like I said, Jesus said, what I see my Father do and what I hear my Father say. Well, Jesus grew. And as I said before, in Luke, it goes into this. He grew in wisdom and understanding. And so, as we ourselves grow in wisdom and understanding, we become more and more open to the voice of God within ourselves. We become more accustomed to it. We become more adept and adept to it. And we're able to flesh it out. We're able to walk it out. We're able to allow spirit to change us and begin to change the world. Um, but one of the things that, um, if you look in, in Isaiah, the very first chapter of Isaiah, uh, the prophet is, is speaking for God and he's saying, who has required of you all these sacrifices? And, and I didn't... It's, I didn't require this of you. What I required of you, and he, and he goes into this in the first part of Isaiah. He goes into this in Jeremiah in uh, chapter 22 and, and also in chapter 7, uh, in Micah chapter 6, and in Zechariah, and in some other places as well. But those are some I can, I can tell you for sure. He says, basically, what I require of you is to walk in love, to obey my voice. I didn't require of you these sacrifices. You misunderstood what I was saying. Those sacrifices, and, and, and people that, um, that are adept in, in Kabbalah and are able to teach Kabbalah, which is the teaching that the, the whole uh, Jewish Bible is based upon, actually, they will, they will tell you these things are not meant to be looked upon as historical. They were meant to be looked upon as allegorical and symbolic of how God deals with us inwardly and spiritually and individually. And when God was explaining to them about the sacrifices, the fact of the matter is, Paul goes into it in chapter 8 of Romans, that you are that sheep. You yourself are that sheep. He said that, and he goes into this in other places, that we are to present ourselves as living sacrifices unto God. And he says, and, and like I said in Romans 8, that you are sheep led to the slaughter. We are to give our lives as a sacrifice. And that's what the whole teaching of the sacrifices was built upon. It wasn't built upon outward sacrifices. And the same with Jesus. It was an outward showing of how each of us is to do. He said, take up your own cross and follow me. Die to your own self. Paul said plenty of times, I die daily. We have to take up our own cross. But getting back to um, what I was sharing about Zechariah and, and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah, he says in Zechariah that uh, to execute true judgment, to show mercy and compassion every man to his brother, oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, nor the stranger, nor the poor. And let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. I hope you're being blessed by the podcast today. We wanted to pause for just a moment and just remind you to please check out our website, EmergeNashville.org, or you can also go to Emerging 
daily.com either one you can find out more information about our ministry about some things that we're wanting to do and how we're wanting to make an impact in the middle tennessee area and in the world and also while you're there check out the link that's there about our new line of t-shirts hoodies and things like that we have several different shirts that are available they say just love and then it has our emerged nashville emblem on it if you would consider purchasing any of those it would be a blessing to us and i think it would be a blessing to you and to those you encounter because when they see that message on there it says just love maybe hopefully it'll make them think and be aware of the fact that hey we need to be walking in love towards one another but anyway we'll get back to the message here shortly but i just wanted to encourage you to check those out and also please let your friends and family and and co-workers and people know about the podcast it's available on all pretty much all the podcast platforms and apps and of course it's available on our website and also check out our facebook page it's facebook.com slash emerging daily and like our page if you would and share it we would really appreciate it and we'll get back to the message here shortly to um, what I was sharing about Zechariah and, and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah, he says in Zechariah that uh, to execute true judgment, to show mercy and compassion every man to his brother, oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, nor the stranger, nor the poor, and let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your heart. So that is what is required of us. To not oppress, to not uh, put down or cause pressure upon our brother, on the stranger, on the widow, on the fatherless, on the poor. But to really walk in love, it goes back to love. To love your neighbor as yourself. And when Jesus gave that, he was, he was quoting from the Torah. So the whole... The whole thing boils, it all goes back to love, and God is love. And when we begin to really understand that, and we get away from this legalism, and we, we begin to see that we need to each follow what is within us, follow our heart, follow the Spirit within our own hearts, then if we really begin to do that, we'll really begin to change, and we'll really begin to see the world itself change. Because the world is just an outward representation of what is in our own hearts and our own souls you know I've said um, before that when the Bible speaks of the salvation of our soul it's not talking about saving us as, as the teaching goes saving us so we can go to heaven it's not dealing with that that's not what it's about the salvation of our soul the word soul in the Greek is suke and it has to do with our will our emotions our thoughts our intents and so when that is saved, when that is changed, salvation is a, is a progressive word, and it has to do with changing those. The word repent also means to change the way you think. It's a change of thought that results in a change of direction outwardly as we change. And, and not only that, it go, it's, it's also dealing repentance. It's also dealing with when they said repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. When you think of God as outside of you, but you repent and you change the direction of your thinking, not only to think in a different way, but to think from a different direction. In other words, God's not outside. God's not out yonder. God is within you. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's within you, Jesus said. 
Quit thinking of it as out yonder or up yonder or wherever. It's inside of you, and you walk in it, and it's in you. It's um, the wheel within the wheel that Ezekiel spoke of. That is how the kingdom is. You are in it, and it is in you. And it is to emerge and come forth in our lives as we press into it. As we press in, Jesus said that since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, the violent take it by force. And then in another place, he goes in to say that we press into it. We press into it. Well, what is that? What is he saying there? Well, it's like a grape. It's just like a grape. And the only way to get the juice out of a grape is to squeeze it. There's no other way to do it. You can poke a pen in it, I guess, and then get some out. But still, you're pushing in to get what's in there out. And that's the only way to do it. As we press into the kingdom within us, what is in us comes out. And sometimes what comes out is not always pretty because it gets out the, the bad stuff as the good stuff is beginning to flow. And so sometimes the more we press in, it seems that maybe we get pressure on the outside. But see, that pressure on the outside, the pressure that you're going through today, if, you, if you're like me, you've, you're going through some pressure. You know, I gave uh, one of the other previous episodes uh, is from a message that I gave a few years ago dealing with uh, through much pressure. And it, and it is through pressure that we enter the kingdom because the kingdom is in us. And as we're pressed from without, the purpose of those things, the whole purpose of what is going on in your life, be it good or be it bad, is to press you and to bring you closer into the kingdom which is within you. To begin to allow what is in you to come out. To allow what is in you, in me, to come forth. And what's in there is God. And what's in your brother, what's in your sister, and even those that you don't account as being your brother and sister, they are anyway. Because as Paul said when he was in Athens on Mars Hill, we're all the offspring of God. And then Jesus said in quoting from Psalms, I have said, speaking as God, God saying, I have said, you are God's. We are all brothers and sisters and we are all one. We're part of one another and ultimately we are part of God. Because God didn't create from outside of itself. It took of itself to bring forth creation. God is light in another, in, in another place. Well, we know that everything is made of light. Everything is made of light. Everything is made of God. You are made of God. And God in, in, inspirited you with himself, with herself, with itself, however you want to term it. I don't care. There is, there is no masculine or feminine in God in that God is neither. God has the qualities and, and the uh, aspects of both. And that's why some rabbis and teachers of uh, Kabbalah and, and other um, Hasidic Judaism teach with, they say it, and they don't even refer to God as a he or she. They say it. And they refer to the light of the Creator, and they refer to Hashem. God is within us. And if we could accept that, if we could begin to accept that, and begin to re realize that, and not just that it's within me, but it's also within that person that I'm having contention with, that person that I'm arguing with, that person that I don't like, and also the person that don't like me, the person that has problems with me, and see that there's God there. That's how Jesus ministered. That's how he reached out to people. That's how Paul ministered. And if we're going to ever begin to walk in our life in a spiritual way, we have to do that. We have to realize that those around us, those we encounter, is, is each one is a, is a part of God and is a part of me. And I have to begin to see that spark of God within them. And that's what brings out 
the goodness that's there. But see, if I'm looking for something wrong, if I'm trying to find something wrong, I can find it. But if I look for God, and if I realize that God's there, I, I can begin to see that as well. And so we have to understand that we should reach out to those around us in love, and especially to the fatherless, to the poor, to the widow, to the stranger. And that, you know, that deals with the whole immigration issue. Those that claim to be following after God, and yet they're saying, no, let's not help these. Well, that you're not following after God's heart if, you're, if you have that kind of an attitude. There's no way. And you can't have the heart of God if you're trying to um, cut off Social Security to the uh, elderly or the poor or those who are uh, incapacitated or are unable to, to work in whatever fashion. And yet those that claim to be following after God are in Congress right now today trying to cut Social Security benefits and this and that and the other. When, uh, you know, some of them will say, well, it's not the government's responsibility. It's all of our responsibility. The fact of the matter is, it's all of our responsibility. But getting back to, to what we were talking about, we have to realize, yes, we can use Scripture as bread, but that's not what gives us life. What gives us life is the Spirit within. And again, Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds, it's a continual thing. It's a, it's a present perfect. It's, it's always going on. God is always speaking, but we're not always listening. God is always working, but we're not always aware. God's always pressing us, but we don't always realize the direction that we're being pressed towards. And we fight and wrestle against it. But the wrestling is really against ourselves, as I had shared before with Jacob. And, and when he wrestled with what he wrestled with, it was himself. Paul says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. The word world doesn't mean this outside thing. It's the, it's the word world there is really, when Paul especially is dealing and talking about the world, and Peter as well, in his writings, the word world there has to do with this the arranged system, the system that is in, in operation. And it's really dealing with the with the religious system of the time, but it's also dealing with the way your world is. You have you live in your own world. I live in my world, and the way we think, the way we uh, feel about others, about ourselves, that's all a system. It's a belief system that we've set up within ourselves that limits us from hearing God. It limits us from reaching out to others, and it limits us in walking in love. We have to expand our borders. We have to expand our tents. We have to expand our minds and our hearts to begin to see as God sees, to move as God moves, to feel as God feels, to love as God loves. I hope today has, has blessed you. I hope that, that you've received something from it. We'll go into some more at another time. I appreciate you listening. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you were stirred to put love into action. Feel free to send your questions or comments to EmergeNashville at gmail.com, and please consider donating on our website, EmergeNashville.org, or write to Emerge P.O. Box 3242, Lebanon, Tennessee, 37088.